Ho, ho, ho. We meet again, Jesus. You have blemished the meaning of Christmas for the last time, Kringle. I bring happiness and love to children all over the world. Christmas is for celebrating my birth. Christmas is for giving. I'm here to put an end to your blasphemy. This time we finish it. There can be only one. Go, Santa! Uh, go, Jesus! You are listening to Think Theory Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to Think Theory Radio, the show that brings you topics outside the mainstream realm of thought and ideas to make you think. And I'm your host, Damien, son of Satan, I mean, son of Santa, (laughs) Purdue, and Paul the Apostle Shivari. Ho, ho, ho. I was going to do, is it uh, Pauly C for Christ or, or C Pauly for Claus? Claus yeah. <laughs> Either way. I don't know. Either way. I guess I feel like it'd be blasphemous if I said I was Pauly Christ. Well, you could be the anointed one. like uh, Or like um, the, the the brother no one talks about. Oh, Joseph. Or <laughs> like James. J- J- oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know Jesus had a brother. Yeah, he had okay. a brother. He had okay. brothers and sisters. I didn't know that. I know. I learned something new. Mm-hmm. Eight years of Catholic school, and that one went right past me. <laughs> he had a brother named Jimmy. <laughs> For real, he had a brother <laughs> named James. Him. <laughs> hey, yo, can you turn some of this water into wine? Right. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Although I can't clear, get a clear... Uh, Description of because I was curious, like, well, if he has brothers and sisters, then like, how old are they? And wouldn't that kind of uh, go against the whole virgin thing? But there's different. They say, oh, it, it was uh, kids of Joseph from a different marriage, half brothers or whatever, yeah. sisters, blah blah blah, or they were cousins and they just the translation was brothers and sisters. I feel like the half brothers of Jesus would have been jealous. Oh, yeah. He gets all the attention. Everyone's always into him. He gets to walk on water, man. (laughs) (laughs) And in case you couldn't guess, uh, today's show is Jesus versus Santa in the almighty battle for your soul. (laughs) Since Since our show happened to land on Christmas Eve, the eve of the Mass of Christ, figured why not do a little uh, Jesus versus Santa? The yeah. two uh, main stars of this holiday, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting when you think about like the holiday has two kind of uh, figures for mm-hmm. it, right? Like, which is kind of weird. And you think about, you especially if it's one is Jesus, who's like the son of God, shouldn't mm-hmm. it just overshadow any other person? <laughs> well, I'm sure you're going to explain all of this to us, but you know, <laughs> the whole like. Well, Christmas was a holiday before Jesus, or before yeah, well, we acknowledged it was. Yeah, so actually, the people celebrated the death of Santa or Saint Nicholas before they celebrated the birth of Christ. Okay, because back then uh, you didn't celebrate people's birthday, like you didn't celebrate martyrs' birthdays. It was kind of sacrilegious. You actually celebrated when they became a martyr. Which would make sense because yeah. martyrdom, you need to die mm-hmm. for a cause. Yep. So the death is important. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, St. Nicholas died on December 6th. Interesting. That's yeah. the Feast of St. Nick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you know, people leave their shoes out and like there's goodies uh, stuffed yeah, inside yeah, the yeah. shoe. Oh, that's right. The shoe nope. thing. Yep. The shoe thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> was it the wooden shoes? Is it the I Dutch thing? Yeah, I don't. Well, I think it was a German thing. Okay, yeah. I, I could be wrong, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing, too. When you compare both, uh, both of them are figures, obviously, you know, from ancient history, but they've they've changed. They've been added to the, the descriptions, the concepts of how they originated. Their names have been changed, both of them, the, the images of them. I mean, now they, you know, they show them as white guys, but they were black. Yeah. <laughs> or at yeah. least brown. Or at least very brown. Middle Eastern looking yeah. fellows. Well, yeah. St. Nicholas was from Turkey. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you look at the very first, like... Uh, illustrations or paintings of him, he was totally like brown or black, right? Yeah. Um, same thing, obviously, with Jesus. I mean, come on, there wasn't that many white guys walking around Bethlehem, right? I don't know. <laughs> Especially not, at not least that, not blonde yeah, hair and blue eyed so, ones, you know. Nowadays it might be a little different. But. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. And you know, it's the same thing in Turkey, but it, but it's, if you look at the original uh, paintings of that's how they look. And then, um, you know, obviously Santa Claus is the name we use now, but it was originally St. Nicholas. Um, and then Center Claus and all these other different kind of variations of it. Uh, Jesus was originally Yeshua or, you know, yeah, Yahweh or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Yahweh and then translated to Joshua and then mm-hmm. LaSalle in Greek, which became Jesus. You know, it's, uh, so it's all, you know, and then Christ, it just means anointed one. It wasn't really his name that yeah. came later. Um, and then both have conspiracy theories around them, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both helped out sex workers. Yeah. They were both. Uh, I didn't know that about St. Nick, but that, that yeah. explains a lot. One of the first, uh, like supposed, you know, gifts that he gave was there was a, an innkeeper. There's all these innkeepers too in these stories, right? That his daughter, he owed a bunch of money, so his daughters are going to have to go into sex work to pay back the the debt. And St. Nicholas, who actually came from a wealthy family who was orphaned, and he had all this money, he decided to, like, give it out. And uh, so he would go at night, and he would throw bags of gold coins through the window of this innkeeper's house to keep um, his daughters from having to go into prostitution. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then, obviously, we know, you know, Mary Magdalene was... Jesus' most devout follower, and she was a sex worker, and most likely a lot of money that was used by Jesus, you know, know, when he couldn't produce wine or fish, you know, (laughs) he wanted something else to eat, you know, she had to pay for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I'm really craving a falafel, but I don't know how to make that. I always wonder if Jesus ate falafel, you know, because it's in that area, right? Maybe. Yeah. Did Jesus eat hummus? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, chickpeas and all that. That was, yeah, that was olive oil, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you hear about figs and stuff like that. But um, and obviously there's uh, there seems to be at least more actual uh, evidence that St. Nicholas was a real person. But if, you know, archaeologically speaking and historically speaking, um, he seems to actually there's there's more points to him being real where Jesus there isn't actually any archaeological evidence that he existed except there is tons of archaeological evidence which digging through some stuff I didn't realize how much there was of the times and surrounding nature and the descriptions of his life there are archaeological evidence that that was true. So most archaeologists, even very, you know, atheist ones or whatever, will say that most likely Jesus was a historical figure. 
he was some kind of a preacher or teacher, uh, you know, or possibly a social justice warrior, you know, which is kind of funny when you think about like right wing, like conservatives who are Christian are like anti-social justice, but Jesus was kind of a social justice guy. Oh, we've talked about yeah. that ad nauseum <laughs> right. on this station, how, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, an immigrant that uh, yeah. is all about socialism, you yeah. know, like he'd be tossed into the cage right. just like the rest of them. But, you know, hey, Merry Christmas to you right. on the right. right. I mean, or happy holidays. Happy holidays. Trigger the, trigger the conserves. Uh, happy Christmas Hanukkah. Quantica. Yeah. And also Saturnalia. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, the celebration of the god Sun Ra. Ah. You know, in Egypt. And not the Chicago musician. No. Great. Also, we could celebrate him. Yeah, I'm down with that. Should always celebrate Sun Ra. Yeah. Should actually do a show on Sun Ra. He's we've talked about this. Character. Not the first time we've talked about this on the air. Uh, from space. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's you know these different kind of like parallels. I just find it interesting that you have um, two different characters celebrated on the same day. Kind of. I mean, I know like you know six is Saint Nick's Day, and then you have. Um, different variations too with Christmas because you have people that celebrate Christmas, but then you have people that celebrate what is All Kings Day on the sixth, which is the you know the twelve days of Christmas, and then that's when Jesus was baptized. So you have like kind of these different things, and then even it's you know with uh, celebrating his birthday is kind of sacrilegious, which is interesting as well. And then why do we celebrate on the twenty fifth? And there's not a, like a really big consensus, except that um, I guess December 25th was first identified uh, as Jesus' birth by Sexy Sextus Julius Africanus in the year 221. And that became the kind of universally accepted date. And they believe that that had something to do with... Um, that when the spring equinox and the date of creation of the world and the fourth day of creation, when the light was created as the day of Jesus's conception was March 25th. OK, if that makes sense. So when God created light and that's a parallel to Jesus, that was March 25th. So that nine months later would have been December 25th. And that's where they believe that he was born on that day. Although I kind of feel like if. He was born of the Immaculate Conception. Um, why would he have to spend nine months in the womb? So, like, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> a lot of gray area. A lot of gray there. Um, but it's interesting how many uh, they're actually so there's tons of like, obviously, you know, people want to figure out if Jesus was real. So there's all kind of and whether or not they're. Uh, Catholic or Jewish or uh, just archaeologists, you know, so there's tons of excavations going on in Israel trying to find, you know, evidence. And they've been finding more and more evidence of like these. uh, So they found a synagogue in Galilee, which is, you know, the area that Jesus was preaching. And in the Bible, it says that he used to go to the synagogue there. And that was kind of where he would reach a lot of people. Um, but for years, they never found any evidence of any kind of synagogue or, you know, any kind of uh, Judaism there, really. But recently, you know, within the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, whatever, and even more recently, like within several of the past years, they have found uh, they found a synagogue there. And 
It's really interesting, too, because it's uh, it's a very ornate synagogue. It has the mosaics, like the Roman kind of tile work. It has uh, this stone in there, which is has the uh, all these reliefs of the original temple in in Jerusalem. So it's like the the stone is kind of a miniature version of the temple in Jerusalem, which they're saying, well, this kind of proves that the Galileans were more sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, Hebrews and, and Jewish people where before they believed this was like a backwater hillbilly town, you know. So there's that. There's uh, they found a huge town under the underground in um in Magdala, which is where Mary was from. And so that's like more evidence that there was something there. Uh, they call it the Israeli Pompeii because it's like so perfectly preserved. They found there's like little uh, stores, there's homes. They have found all different kinds of um, Jewish bathhouses. So there's been, you know, more and more evidence that the descriptions of the area in which Jesus was at seems to be more and more accurate Biblically, right? Okay. Still no direct evidence of Jesus as far as, you know, bones or something like that, but which would be kind of hard. I mean, you know, you don't typically find evidence of a living individual that far back unless they were some kind of like emperor or pharaoh or, you know, somebody that was like put in a very specific tomb. And obviously, if he ascended to heaven, they wouldn't find him at all. So, <laughs> but they, they have found more evidence of like the descriptions too, because they they believed, you know, in the whole concept of you know that he got crucified and then thrown in the tomb. That that wasn't something for years. They believed, well, that's not something the Romans really did. They wouldn't waste time putting, you know, this dead guy from a cross into a tomb. But recently, they have found actually uh, tombs in Israel where um, uh, they found a, a guy's foot with a nail through it, like the bones with the, with the nail through it from, from the time of Jesus. They don't think it was Jesus. It was I was going to say, there's so many people crucified. I mean, there's literally mm-hmm. three, including Jesus on the, yeah. you know. Well, the crucifixion part was definitely a big Roman thing they mm-hmm. were doing, but the whole throwing him in a tomb was disputed. But now that they found tombs with other uh, Jewish people that had been crucified, it kind of lends to that concept. So, okay. I mean, it makes sense to me that he probably was a real person who was like, like I said, some kind of preacher or a teacher who, you know, who went around spreading the gospel or, you know, uh, faith or whatever, you know, whatever he was doing, kind of going against. I mean, when you think about like it, it parallels so many different other kind of revolutionaries, people who went against the state. I mean, he essentially went against like. That's the other thing when you think about like the Roman Empire, um, the whole thing with him bursting into the temple and making them, you know, you can't make money in here and the whole uh, usury thing and, you know, busting up the, the tables of the merchants. And, you know, he's like essentially going after capitalism and the state, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I kind of I'm like, hey, well, he's pretty cool. I like that. You know, <laughs> he was a rebel. And uh but, you know, then you just think about, you know, the, that compared to, like, the people who – the majority of people who, who worship him now, especially in America. I feel like there's, there's different levels of Christianity probably, like, especially around the world, especially probably the closer you get to the Middle East and Africa. 
Um, Ethiopia has some of the oldest Coptic churches in the world there. Um, but then, you know, American Christianity is so different as well because you get like this kind of like. Well, well it's so uh, Americentric. Yeah, exactly. You know, where it's like, like, God blessed America. Yeah. You know, like, I don't don't even get me started on it. But <laughs> get, yeah, don't but get started. But yeah, but like American evangelicalism mm-hmm. is like so Americentric. And it's yeah. like, yeah. It's like they it's, think Jesus was American. Or yeah. Something. And it's like, well, if you, if, I don't know. I mean, you never yeah. set foot on this continent. Mm-hmm. So, Well, unless you believe the Mormons. that was the whole thing that he like came here and uh since the indigenous the native americans didn't believe he was the the son of god way more progressive these days Mm. that's you know like i mean they they're not necessarily for but uh was it like in the state of utah you have a lot of people kind of like open to transgenderism and like Mm. transgender people in sports and that sort of thing so it's kind of surprising that like the mormons are the one that are way more lax than than some of the other christian religions although they're still pretty hardcore about alcohol yeah that's yeah well (laughs) you know they can't win everything you know and and cannabis yeah um, yeah, there's some interesting uh, ties in, too, with, like, cannabis and magic mushrooms with Jesus and Santa as well. We'll get into And I, I know I've talked about it before, but it's just kind of a it's a fun thing to talk about on Christmas, yeah. you know. <laughs> was Santa invented because people were hallucinating on magic mushrooms? Probably. <laughs> I mean, it. I could compare that to like the stories of Jesus as well. Like that guy's walking on water, man. <laughs> Are you sure? What, what were you smoking, man? Kind of uh, palm tree you were using. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to take a quick break. Uh, if you want to jump in, if who, who's your favorite, Santa or Jesus? Hit yeah. us up at seven seven three. We're actually live. It is Christmas yes, Eve. We are live. Six twenty two. We are live. <laughs> Call in. Call us up, and uh, we'll be back with more Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. Today we are discussing the greatest battle in religious history, Jesus versus Santa. Who would win? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think um, it's a hard one, you know. Santa got some some weight on him, but Jesus, Jesus has got, God on his and side. He's got supernatural powers. See, I think that's what everyone thinks, though. I don't think I don't think he was like <laughs> you know like a superhero, right? Like, right. You know, he could fly if he felt like it, or you know. So I don't know. I think it's like it's like selective, you know. Yeah. I don't know. He's like, I could walk on water, man, but I can't fly. But it's like Santa would have like, wouldn't he have like a bag of tricks with him too? You know, like yeah. it's like uh, I've got the power of flight in my big satchel. That's true. I mean, he can make reindeers and a sleigh and himself fly mm-hmm. so there is that although i don't know tech i guess the reindeers were the, the flying ones but i think you know where's the venue too like i think like santa would have the advantage in cold weather climate you know? true like if this was fought right now could someone from the middle east survive mm. in sub zero temperatures whereas santa would be like this is nothing <laughs> negative 10 degrees let's do it <laughs> and then, then on the flip side, Santa would get kind of hot if you were down in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and, you know, with all the big, you know, red coat on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, where's the venue? Are we, are, right. you know, is this the Thrilla in Manila? Or mm-hmm. is this like the, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's interesting, too. Like, um, I was thinking when you're just mentioning his clothes, it's like how Santa's description has changed so much from 
this, you know, St. Nicholas guy who went around giving gifts and giving out his money. To essentially Coca-Cola's version of what <laughs> yeah. Santa Claus is. Even And that's one of the conspiracies, too, is that, like, Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus, you know? <laughs> Maybe at least the version that we know. Yeah, I mean, I think they solidified the version we know. Yeah. Um, I did, I was doing some, some digging, and I found, like, I guess the first kind of... Um, illustration of a Santa that looks like what we're familiar with was in 1881 in Harper's Magazine. Yeah. And it was... Uh, Harper's Bazaar or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had the, the red coat. I don't think he had the hat yet. Uh, or he had a different kind of hat or something like that. And then, yeah, and then it was like the 30s is when Coca-Cola started doing the the advertisings with the, the Santa that we now know. Um, but there has been kind of variations on that, you know, from, you know, from whenever on... Um, and that's not even, you know, don't get into the whole Krampus thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the demonic, the uh, say, isn't that like the Christmas complete opposite? Demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who would go punish the kids, um, which is kind of weird. But uh, yeah, but Santa, there's also so many different, you know, this time of year is a, a holiday for many cultures. Not just, you know, um, Christianity or Judaism or Islam, but even going back to ancient times, uh, the Egyptians, they actually, what's interesting is um, they had, they would do the kind of a similar thing with the 12 days where, uh, where is it at on here? So the Egyptians celebrated the winter solstice for 12 days starting December 21st. And they would actually have a special celebration on the 25th of December for the rebirth of the sun and sun god Ra. And I guess uh, for three days prior to the 25th, the sun would barely be visible during the daytime because it was the lowest point in the sky. Then on the 25th of December, the sun would finally rise leading the Egyptians to celebrate the rebirth of the sun god, which some people will attribute to the whole concept of Jesus's resurrection. And like, the you know, the, the there's, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Zeitgeist. No. Which is kind of like, it came out, I want to say about 10 years ago. It was, uh, who was, it? who was in it? Uh, it's more of like a conspiracy documentary. There's a guilt. It gets into everything from like, who controls the banks and, you know, uh, you know, who controls the weather, but also like the whole concept of the Zodiac. And and easy there, Kanye. And <laughs> I think I know where this is going. No, no, no. It doesn't okay, actually. Okay, it doesn't okay. go. Nope. Nope. Okay. It doesn't go that route. <laughs> Although that would be funny because we are talking about a Jewish man named Jesus. But uh, <laughs> no, but it's more, uh, it, you know, it, it's an interesting watch. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt. There's some there are some I don't know if come facts or whatever. There's some stuff in there. But anyway. It talks about uh, kind of Jesus as being a metaphor for a lot of like the um, sun rising, zodiac symbols and kind of, you know, that it's all just a symbolic thing that has to do with resurrection, rebirth. You know, that's why I like uh, Easter, you know, and, you know, that whole thing. And that's the spring equinox and the whole, you know, rebirth of, of, of uh, life and everything on Earth. Right. Okay. It's all these kind of parallels, which I could think, you know, probably got added later. You know, like, like I said, there probably was this guy 
who wandered around Israel and maybe other places and, you know, was teaching, proselytizing, whatever, and then, you know, became martyred. What well, that's interesting, too, though, is like it was only three years that he preached or did whatever he did because it was he can't you know, he he kind of found his calling at age 30 when uh, John the Baptist brought him in some water, you know, in the Sea of Galilee, I think it was. And he, you know, kind of essentially was baptized and he saw like God as a dove and believed, you know, uh, it was time to do the teachings. But he only did it for three years and then he was uh, crucified. So that's it's interesting when you think about somebody, if you if you try to find a historical figure who only did what did their work or whatever it was for that limited amount of time. But yet 2000 years later, we're still celebrating his life. There's a massive religion based on him. Um, not only that, but like you think about even, you know, secular people and everybody else like scientists and everything. We still what year do we call this? It's 2022 because it's 2022 years after the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, and I think about that. It's like, okay, well, what year was it actually when he was born then? Like, Did they even keep track of it? Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, it must have been on what the the Hebrew calendar. Or... Yeah, it must have been their own. Probably well, I don't know, but it would have been about six thousand years or something. I would assume. Um, and it wasn't in for another. 30 to 50 years until the Gospels came out? Uh, some of them. I mean, there was, uh, I think a couple of them were right away, and then one of them was like way after the fact. Yeah, I don't think any of them came out right after he died, though. I think there were at least about 30 years after. Well, weren't some of them the Apostles? Well, no, so that's the thing, is the the Gospels actually weren't written by who they are credited yeah, they, to. Yeah, credited to, yeah. Yeah, that's why they're they're the gospel according to yeah. Matthew, the it's gospel like according regurgitated to Regurgitated from their, yeah, yeah, passed down from their word of mouth, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, and then if you read the, there's actually a lot of contradictions within the gospels themselves about, uh, you know, the birth of Christ, where he was born, you know, where he went, the way he taught, I think there's, I think it's the Gospel of John that is the one where Jesus was pretty much saying he was God and that he really talked about himself a lot. But in the other three, it was more him talking about God more so than himself. There's the whole thing of uh, in uh, one of them, he said, no, I'm not going to perform any miracles to prove to you that God exists. And then in the other one, he did perform miracles to prove God exists. And if you read them, they're kind of either written in third person or they're written as kind of, a, you know, I got this information from so-and-so, right? So there isn't, you know, and that's not, you know, saying that it doesn't make it true or anything like that, but it's just, you know, at any kind of like... Eyewit- they weren't eyewitnesses. And even if they were eyewitnesses, that's like kind of always the worst evidence you could even have. Like if you if you took if you had to go to court and prove Jesus was real and you had to use eyewitness, t- you know, accounts of the Gospels, you would lose. <laughs> I seen them. <laughs> uh, so, you know, these came years later and then Christmas wasn't celebrated, I think, for like 300 years after he died so it was a long time you know until 
this you know celebration that we have now existed but when did it go from the romans were trying to stomp out jesus to the romans co-opted jesus so then that was yeah that was about uh was three like that so that was constantine basically yes, yeah and that's way after the fact yeah then. yeah and he was the first Fun. christian roman governor right and he wanted to basically concentrate power through christianity so it was kind of like uh, he combined church and state. And uh, there's a pretty interesting article. Um, Stephen Hager is a journalist. He wrote about there was a, a uh, I don't know if you'll call him a prophet or whatever, but his name was Mani, who existed around the time of Constantine. And he he kind of combined a lot of the teachings from Zoroastrianism uh, and Christianity and Buddhism, Hinduism into, you know, and he was one of, you know, he was essentially very Christ-like. He was very Jesus-like, believed in peace, believed in love, yada, yada, yada. And he believes that, that what Constantine did was he took the personification of Mani, or like his character description, the way he was, and attributed it to Jesus. And he turned Jesus into the hippie that we know. So Jesus is a composite character. Yeah. And he did that in order to solidify power within, you know, the, the Roman uh, territories, mm -hmm. right, through Christianity. So that's when Christianity became, really became big. I think before that, it was just kind of like another, some other religion. Like there was Judaism, there was Zoroastrianism, there was Hinduism, there's all these, you know, various religions that, and I think at the time, Christianity wasn't really that big. Until Constantine. And then he blew it up, son. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then since the Roman you know, territory was so huge, that obviously spread throughout all of that area, got into Europe, went over there. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's why we celebrate it you know, now still today. That's why people still believe, which is, I'm not a religious person. I mean, I'm, you know, I love spirituality. I love ancient history, obviously. But... It's, you know, I, I find it fascinating that 2,000 years later, people are so devout to these stories, you know, and you think of with li little to no physical evidence. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's kind of like that for all the religions, really. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's um, it's fine. I mean, you know, whatever you believe what you want to believe. If it makes you a better person, I'm down for it. Mm -hmm. If it makes you an a-hole, I'm not down for it. No. <laughs> But it provides comfort, I guess, in people that believe that there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I th yeah, I think there's that. I think I think there's a it's, – it's really, to me, is a big kind of form of, like, meditation and kind of clear – you know, when people say, you know, you have to find God, you have to, like, find Jesus. To me, it's just kind of the same thing as, like, people, like, you have to be mindful. You have to, like, meditate. You know, it's a very similar kind of thing of, like, clearing your mind and – you know, you know, becoming one with the rest of us. Open, open up your uh, third eye. Mm -hmm. Get um, in touch with your spiritual side. Be yeah, one with nature. Exactly. So I think that's that's I think that's the core. Push your agenda on everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although when you think about Constantine, he kind of like was the first kind of like right wing Christian, <laughs> like you know, who turned it into this kind of politic, you know, politicized it and mm -hmm. made it something like you better believe, you know. Um, 
and you know and, and then you think about the parallels between like the Roman Empire and our you know the American Empire I mean there's a lot of kind of similarities right and, and just empires in general like wherever it is this kind of like wanting to rule everything and and you think about even like as we're supposed to be the you know the church and state are separated eh, you know I mean you still see every president goes on air and you know Christmas comes around they get they say a prayer and they just literally played it before yeah, the start right of the before show, the show. exactly yeah. you know and everyone does that and they all to the, they all go to the national prayer breakfast they all have to say they believe in God they all have to like you know go to church and act like they're really believing it even though it's supposed to be separate well it's gonna get interesting in 2025 or 2029 when President Pritzker the first Jewish president is gonna- <laughs> there you go <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would, then maybe that's like the whole, that's the, the, the prophet, you know, the Messiah is the, <laughs> is J.B. Pritzker, <laughs> the chosen one. <laughs> he will unite the whole world empire. A riches to riches story. <laughs> A riches to riches. <laughs> well, St. Nicholas was rich. He yeah. had a lot of money. Well, Jesus wasn't. Those are, those are two different. No, that's a rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. the guy was born in a barn. <laughs> Not even a barn, in a manger. A manger yeah. He couldn't even be in the barn. He had to be one of those, like, outdoor things. Makeshift, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Jesus vs. Santa on Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio, the Christmas special, Jesus versus Santa. And uh, real quick, though, I just gonna, like, um, we're just going to take a phone call, but before that, because I mentioned uh, Jesus and cannabis, and there's a theory that, you know, the Holy Grail, which was supposed to be what he was had in the Last Supper. Smoking out of? Well, so that it's actually, and then, the, you know, ties into the whole... Uh, King Arthur and the Holy Grail, whatever, but that it was actually from a Scythian legend, and that they would use gaunt, like a, a what do you call it, the goblet kind of thing, okay, to create a milk substance with cannabis in it, hmm. and that that's where the, the concept of the Holy Grail is, and that the oil of Moses was actually cannabis oil. So there's that, and then after the phone call, I'm going to get into eight reasons why. Magic mushrooms and Santa are connected. But before that, let's take uh, Paul, the spiritual futurist. What's going on, man? Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I just thought that maybe on uh, Christmas you should mention the Shroud of Turin. Oh, yeah. I did, you could do a whole show on that, of course. That's true. But uh, I can recommend the book uh, that I have read, which I have, called Verdict on the Shroud by Kenneth E. Stevenson and Gary Habermas. Okay. And also um, the uh, a book by Richard Henry Drummond, who is a theologian, who is an expert on both Edgar Cayce and Buddhism. He wrote a book on Buddhism. And also Rudolf Steiner. It's called Unto the Churches, Jesus Christ, Christianity, and the Edgar Cayce Readings, Ooh. and also A Life of Jesus the Christ, which has a very interesting uh, bibliography that you might take a look at. Is that one of those that talks about the the lost years of Jesus? 
yes, and, and it, t- it talks all about the uh, what uh, Edgar Casey and Rudolf Steiner had to say about the life of Jesus. If okay. you believe in psychics, then you definitely should read the, read these. Uh, actually, the life of Jesus the Christ is actually contained within unto the churches. It came a little later, so that inner inner part about the biography of of uh, Jesus was uh, was rewritten for the other one. Okay, uh, rewritten for for the late, later book. All right, sounds good. I okay. appreciate the recommendations. Okay, yeah, great. Like I said, maybe you can do a whole show on the Shard of Turin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks for calling Merry in. Christmas. Bye. Happy holidays. I like that Andy Williams song. The happy yeah. ho- happy oh, yeah. holidays. What's your uh, favorite Christmas songs? Okay, so I did a list last year because Mercado asked me. So that's one of them. I love Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. I think it's by Brenda Lee. Okay. I love uh, Christmas in L.A. by Wolfpack. Okay. I love Joseph Spence's version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Mm. Um, gosh, I'm missing one here. Um, Jingle Bell Rock is a classic. Yeah. I like that. Like, you know, like I love those like 50s, so tradition- like yeah, yeah, swinging kind of, 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I think those were the top five. I, I, I got it on my phone if you want to just... Um, I like the uh, Jethro Tull Christmas song. I don't know if I know that one. No, you know that no, one? Yeah. Oh, that one's great. Because he kind of like, they dig into like Christians. They're like, while you're stuffing your face at Christmas dinner, think about what... Or That's oh. totally not the lyrics, but it's something Christmas like Christmas and Hollis. Oh, I was going to say Christmas and Hollis. Um, 12 Days of Christmas by John Denver and the Muppets. The Christmas rap from uh, Treacherous 3 that was on the, in the movie Beach Street. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh. Okay. Oh, man, that's classic. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Skating. Kiss the, my mistletoe. The instrumental by Vince Guaraldi, Skating. Okay. I don't know um, that one. Uh, oh, yeah, heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. And Peanuts then, um, yeah, it's honorable, honorable mentions go to Andy Williams, Happy Holidays. John Lennon, Yoko Ono, Happy Christmas War is Over. I said Brenda Lee, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, Bobby Helms, Jingle Ball Rock. Rock. And... I, until it was ruined by my wife and my uh, son's girlfriend, Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. Okay. I just love kind of like that, like burnt out commercialism, like the you, you know the one yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, it's like it's so 80s. It's so like Christmas in New York, <laughs> and it's so like ah, oh, I'm done with these holidays. Like, yeah, just like, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> my other favorite Christmas song is "Run the Jewels," a Christmas effing Mary- miracle. Oh, okay, I can't say the actual title, but yeah. you know. well, um, the that one's great. Good. And the video is awesome because they do all these. You remember the old 80s, um, like Christmas photos you would have to take where it was like the, the like the front facing picture. And then on the side is just the face like yeah. staring off. Yeah. It's like the profile. Yeah. yeah. So they do That's like the like video. That's like a 70s, 80s yeah, thing. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like Sears. You went to Sears to get that I, dude, done. There's you a know. baby picture of me with like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do parts of the video. They do that. And they're like rapping and they see its face like go off to the side. <laughs> and then uh, Killer Mike is dressed up as the Scrooge in one part. And like, it's really good. Um, the lyrics are great too with it. But yeah, that's probably my bit. The Jethro Tull one is really good though. I like that one. And for Think Theory Radio, if I would have thought about it today, I would have added like the, the jingle bells to the intro. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do it on the outro. I, well, I, I got to find the right <laughs> rhythm to do it. True, you know, I'm, true. Not, I'm, not, I'm not a DJ here. I don't. Yeah, have but it. I like when you like just kind of off the cuff. You know, you'll, I think sometimes it works. It's, Remember, hard, like, it's hard to beat match, but I could try yeah, it. Sometimes you know? it works. You know, it just they just it works. You know, it's Think Theory Radio, man. It's all synchronistic. We'll see. We'll see if I can do it. We got time. <laughs> um, so yeah. So my favorite 
things, though, is the connection between Santa and mushrooms. <laughs> um, it does go hand in hand. Yes. Eight, there's eight magic ways mushrooms explain Santa. One is Arctic shamans gave out mushrooms on the winter solstice. And according to this theory, there is a Santa actually derived from these shamans in Siberian and Arctic regions who would drop into the villages and the peoples and they would give them a bag full of hallucinogenic mushrooms and as a present in late December. Um, I guess this happened, kept going on up until a few hundred years ago until they probably all got killed off. <laughs> and that was the Amanita muscaria, the holy mushroom. And that's the one that is uh, red at the red top with all the white dots on it. And they use it in all a million cartoons and Mario Brothers and all that. And that's the uh, the other thing is that the the colors look like Santa's suit, right? The cap and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> where's part two? Mushrooms like gifts. This is number two. Mushrooms like gifts are found beneath pine trees. So this is where you would find the Amanita muscaria would be underneath a pine tree, just like you would find your Christmas gifts underneath the Christmas tree. And it kind of makes sense that these shamans would give out like mushrooms during the winter because it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Especially living in Siberia back, you know, hundreds of years ago, like you got to trip on some shrooms. Probably made you like feel a little warmer. <laughs> uh, number three, reindeer were shaman spirit animals. And the reindeer are the common in Siberia and northern Europe, which makes more sense when you think about the connection to Santa, because I don't think St. Nicholas in Turkey had any reindeers. Right. Um, and I guess these reindeer, they actually seek out the hallucinogenic fungi. And this is something that they would also eat. They're like truffle pigs for, yeah, for, exactly. for mushrooms. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then number four, shamans dressed like Santa Claus. These ancient Siberian shamans would dress up kind of like the mushrooms. They would wear these red suits with white spots and all kind of other different regalia, whatever. And then, so there's that. Uh, number five, mushrooms abound in Christmas iconography. Uh, you got tree ornaments that are shaped like the Amanita mushrooms, um, particularly in Scandinavia and Northern Europe. There's also uh, the ancestral practice of eating mushrooms. Uh, number six, Rudolph's nose <laughs> resembles a bright red mushroom. Now, that one's a little bit of a stretch, but I'll let it slide. Right. Because um, why not? And a uh, little tie in, little local tie in. Do you know where Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer was created? No. Well, I just said a local tie in. It's Chicago. <laughs> OK, sorry. I'm in the middle of trying to beat Matt <laughs> your jingle bells. <laughs> it was uh, created um, by Montgomery Ward. Advertiser, oh, okay. yeah, Interesting. He created the whole story of Rudolph for uh, sales. <laughs> it all ties into capitalism, man. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about like Jesus was anti-capitalist, and then Santa and Rudolph have been used pro-capitalist. Oh, so pro-capitalism, <laughs> yes. Uh, seven. A visit from Saint Nicholas may have borrowed from shaman rituals. Says many of the modern details of modern-day American Santa Claus come from the. 1823 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, 
which later became Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the house. Uh, poem credit to Clement, Clement Clark Moore, Clement an aristocratic Moore, yeah. academic <laughs> from NYC. Uh, the origins of Moore's visions are unclear, but they think that he used kind of these old Siberian folklores and combined it with the concept of St. Nicholas. Uh, eight Santa is from the Arctic, right? That's where you think the North Pole is where he comes from. Yeah, right. And so that's that's kind of where you know close to the Siberian shamans, the Arctic, like you said earlier. What you know, Santa's that's his that's his weather. Um, so there you go. That's yeah. In a nutshell, I mean, there's there's more to it than that. If you want to dig into it, just look up the eight ways magic mushrooms and Santa tie together. <laughs> uh, which I love that one because it's just like, yeah, for sure. And then it, it would explain why people would see Santa flying with some reindeers. Because if, if these shamans were dropping off a bunch of uh, mushrooms and people start tripping, they probably saw the shaman fly away <laughs> with their reindeers. <laughs> um, I know I would. But yeah, so there, there we go. There you got Santa, mushrooms, we got Jesus and cannabis. And, oh, yeah, there's uh, this little, this is kind of, uh, well, it's all probably a stretch, but this <laughs> this one's a stretch because I was reading something that was trying to tie in. There's a lot of, there's different articles and different people who try to tie in Jesus with the Philosopher's Stone. And the Philosopher's Stone is the alchemic kind of the Holy Grail, if you want to say, where if you could create this Philosopher's Stone, you could turn, you know, lead into gold, water into wine. So there's like kind of modern day alchemists who try to dig into parts of the Bible and figure out, hey, were they really was our descriptions in the Bible actually alchemic like uh, recipes or formulas, right? And there's a lot of references to in the Bible of stones and rocks and different kind of alchemic incantations. You have like obviously the whole water to wine thing that that would be alchemy. Um, you know, the whole, uh, was it, uh, what was the, the fish thing? What did he do? Did he produce more fish from one fish? Right. Yeah. yeah Which I think would it was be like, kind like, of like an alchemy think like thing. like four loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Mm -hmm. and it was enough to feed like 400 people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like kind of, uh, Masonic stuff and, and al alchemical things in there. The whole concept of the mana, which is like this kind of liquid life force, uh, which they believe, you know, Jesus had. But also that's another connection to uh, St. Nicholas. So when St. Nicholas died, supposedly in his uh, tomb, this magic mana liquid secreted and like created this big pool of this sacred liquid of mana kind of the essence of God. So there's an, another connection between Jesus and, and Santa. Um. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's all just alchemical metaphors, right? <laughs> yeah. And then that's not even we like we didn't even get into like all the other pagan traditions. You know, the Christmas tree. I mean, I know we've talked about that before, but I mean, it's it's interesting when you think about a lot of the big parts of Christmas have really nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Or St. Nicholas it has more to do with ancient pagan traditions, you know, 
burning the Yule log, lighting candles, putting stockings out, putting the shoes out, you know, putting up a Christmas tree. I mean, I, I love it all. I'm all down for ritual and tradition, especially if it's pagan. So <laughs> let's keep it going. Yeah. And take some mushrooms <laughs> like Santa would want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're going to wrap it up. Did you find some a good looking I can't tr- test it out. It's, it's hard to beat match when you just can't, you know, it, it's hard. If if okay, I would if I would try. Didn't, there's Did you right, find right, something? Oh, I, I, I want to hear. Yeah, it. I can just, try it. It's yeah. a live mix, man. All right, hold on, hold on. Put you on the spot. You're putting me on the spot, but yeah, like I got to wait. Like yeah. the white spots on Amarita muscaria mushroom. No. It doesn't work out. <laughs> and then it's like a if you go bit, yeah. Oh, you know what? No. <laughs> I, I'm adjusting the speed on this, but it's either going to be too fast or too slow. Yeah, There's yeah. no way. If I, if I had the physical... I should have told you to play the Run the Jewels song because the beginning of it has the jingles in it with the beat, too. <laughs> the worst DJ experience uh. on Think Theory Radio. <laughs> well, that's how you know it's live, yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for a caller, Paul. And we'll be back again next week and every Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WCPTH20 Think Theory Radio. Happy holidays. Jesus, you have to understand that Santa is keeping the spirit of your birthday alive by bringing happiness and joy. Yeah, and Santa, you need to remember that if it weren't for Jesus, this day wouldn't even exist. You're right, kids. I'm sorry, Jesus. No, no, it's me who should be sorry. I'm sorry.